Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me as always is Colleen, but who cares about her? We're joined by a special <laughs> guest, Ryan, after Yay! after months of saying your name months, on this podcast. Months and months of waiting. Years. My time is here. We say your name more than we say our names. We do. So Ryan, it's great to have you on in the the episode you wanted to talk about is episode 184, A Cursed Mask Coldly Laughs. Why did you choose this episode? Uh, honestly, I think it's one of the best episodes overall. Not just in terms of the case itself, but best anime only, best two-parter. I think it's uh, also one of the most darkest cases that we get here. Uh, it's creepy. There's just a lot of interesting uh, moments in this one. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where once you see it, you're like, oh, I can't just skip over anime-only episodes. Because mm-hmm. if I do, I could potentially miss one of the best cases in the entire series. This is kind of the like the gold landmark as far as like anime originals go. So if I can even like just think about this case when I see an anime original... You know, like, it's done something right. So, yeah, this is a highly regarded episode. So, a uh, great choice. It originally aired March 13th, 2000. But before we get into the case, we want to ask you some questions. We, we, we love talking to other Conan fans. So, how were you introduced to the show? Uh, I feel like I was introduced just like everyone else. Staying up past my bedtime in elementary school, maybe middle school, seeing... Seeing it on Adult Swim, uh, I was always like a crime drama junkie at that time, so it was it was just a cartoon that piqued my interest. Uh, I know my mom saw me watching it like early on, and she saw one of the people get de- decapitated, and she, she started yelling at me. I was like, "We've seen worse on CSI. This is a kid's cartoon." And <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she let me watch it. Uh, she even started buying me the DVDs at that point. I bet that was a tough sell. Uh, not really. Uh, all, all the like, SVU and all the other crime dramas out there. I think this was pretty mild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Uh, once it stopped airing on Adult Swim, uh, how did you follow the show, or did you like drift away from it and picked it back up later? What's your how'd your journey go? Oh yeah, I I dropped all anime once i got into high school and then once i got out of high school and before i started college there's a summer where i wasn't doing anything so i picked anime back up and i just remembered how much i love this show and i binge watched it all the way through from episode one to episode i think it was like 800 at that point and i saw every movie oh it was a grind it was like 10 episodes a day it, oh, it took forever. You had to make up for lost time. Yeah, uh, it, I don't regret any of the episodes, even though some are very lacklustered. I don't know if that's an awesome story, or we can pinpoint the one of the greatest mistakes of your life. <laughs> but uh, I, I like to think it's awesome. We're, we're a Detective Conan podcast. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not doing the Detective Conan podcast, so it's not the lowest point of my life. <laughs> <laughs> damn um yeah that's cool uh have you read the manga any no i haven't uh actually that's a lie i have um 
just recently what you know the new stuff that's been coming about out about the black org so not gonna spoil anything but that's like the only thing i care about okay so a recent adoptee and this anime original <laughs> yeah this, this doesn't have the black organization but it is a great case and clearly you enjoy a little bit of everything if you watched all 800 episodes who are some of your favorite characters ryan uh favorite characters uh definitely shinichi uh I don't know. I got I got something for main characters that are more cocky and less crybaby, like modern day anime protagonists seem to be. Uh, Kaido Kid. Uh, a lot of my things outside of uh, my work life are based off of Kaido Kid. Uh, are you a thief? No, 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 no. I don't have a life as a thief. Uh, <laughs> though that would be great probably a terrible magician uh no i i just themed everything off of kaido kid i have like my gamer tags that's kaido kid i have like, oh passwords all that fun stuff just all right so everybody hack ryan's yeah, passwords yeah, good, I luck. Guess <laughs> good luck finding that out um who else is password uh, kaido kid forever um kogoro's wife I love her. Yeah, that, ha- that has to go with the fact that I love someone with high confidence. Confidence and intelligence. Just two of the greatest. Um, I can't even think of what I'm trying to say. Look, look at Ryan putting over his significant other so he doesn't get yelled at during this podcast. What a lovebird. I'm not sure if she will be happy to hear that or get jealous. Uh, oh, and I guess without saying, that also means... Uh, I like uh, Sherry, or uh, Hi Bear. Hi Bear, yeah. Uh, high confidence, high intelligence. Oh, Ryan, you were doing so well. Sorry to disappoint. I've been. Th- <laughs> I, you know, I think you like just cracked the code for me. I think I know. Like Colleen sees so much of herself in Hi Bear, but the one difference is that she isn't high confidence. I think we, and that's what drives her crazy about the character. Because Colleen, Canadian, low confidence. Nobody in Canada has high confidence. (laughs) That is a proven fact. (laughs) Yeah, they're too busy being passive aggressive, while a high confident American is just aggressive. So that's the difference here. And we finally figured out why Colleen hates Hybera. Sure, let's go with that theory for this week. You have, like, a different theory every week, Tyler. I'm just glad we got some closure. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get good to hear from your personal story, Ryan, your favorite uh, characters. And then I do want to ask, who's your favorite black organization member? Oh, that has to be Jen. Okay. Also high-confident man. High-confident? The overall badass. Very true. So, uh, Conan introduces this case, where Conan's hint is necklace. He says, Today's a special uncursed mass, a mysterious locked room, and a horrifying smile. The episode begins with Kogoro driving to a charity show for kids that lost their parents in car accidents. And, quite ironically, Ron has to warn her father to drive carefully... Turns out that Kogoro was invited by Sue Imiko, 
who used to be a famous singer. Now she's the president of Mahogany Promotions. Kagura almost crashes into a fallen tree in the middle of the road, but he uses his emergency brake to stop in time. It's quite the, uh, uh, quite the action scene here. He jams on the brake, the car goes sideways, they just barely stop from uh, barreling into this tree. And Kagura checks out the note, and it says, Don't join this charity or you'll regret it. And the note is signed by the Phantom of the Cursed Mask. So, we have uh, quite the the start of the episode. Ryan, what do you think about the, the tone that this show just immediately gets off to? Oh, it, it's horror movie vibes immediately, and Kogoro just ignores it completely. They, tree in the road, I, I would call them be like, I can't join this. Uh, note on the tree, I would have just called 911 and turn around and be like, yeah, someone's going to get hurt. Not going to be me. I'm going home. <laughs> like, I don't think you'd make for a very good Detective Cannon episode. <laughs> you just go straight home when you sense but the danger. You're right. A lot of these episodes Those are all the cut short. <laughs> Kegger arrives at the event location, which is a giant mansion. We're talking about an actual mansion and not just an apartment complex. A <laughs> man is then taking photographs outside, and Conan recognizes him as the photographer Katagiri Matsunori. Two other cars then arrive, the pro baseball player Matsudaira Mamoru and the beautiful Nagara Haruka, who is a tarot prophet. Colleen, uh, women seem to be uh, really into, like, uh, you know, like, uh, astrology and stuff like this. Do you, do you mess with tarot readings and stuff like that? I can't say that I do. Uh, I know there's, like, the death card, like, what she showed late like i basically the card she showed i was like okay i know of that yeah i'm not uh, very well versed at all i'm afraid you never had a reading done for your future uh maybe once but it was like not a professional person it was like a colleague at work and they were like they read your palm and they said something's terrible is gonna happen <laughs> you're gonna join a detective conan podcast she read, yeah. what did she read? I forget what, I don't know what she based her vision off of, but she's just like, you're going to uh, come to a, like a crossroads where you're going to separate from something that has been like really deep or with you for a long time. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And yeah, so I'm still waiting for that to happen, I guess. So it turns out that Matsudara is a fan of Haruka as he um, matches his gloves with her lucky color of the day. Kogoro also notes her beauty as we get our horny Kogoro moment of the week where he's all wowed by the, the woman showing up. I respect it. And Shoot your shot, King. He just, and that's the only time he does it, right? Like It's almost like he doesn't even want to try later on. Well, I mean, a murder happens pretty soon, Colleen. It's like... Kind of turns me off a little bit. Yeah, that's a turn-off. Come on. Well, she wasn't part of it. Oh, or was it the twin maids that maybe changed things up? Well, twins are a common uh, turn-on for many people, Colleen. So I don't think that would turn them off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he maybe diverted his attention away from her. Although, he didn't mention it, so... Kogoro's just uh, 
you know, not as horny as usual, maybe. Hmm. So, friend. Yeah, it is. A, also, it's not a charity event, so you should be on your best behavior. It's for the kids, Colin. True. So Haruka says she feels a strange shadow in the mansion, and that something horrible is going to happen. As she reads through her cards, we see the death card, and they decide to enter, but there's two entrances. Identical-looking maids open each door, and they welcome them in. Mori and his family go through the east side, while the other three go in the west entrance. It's explained that the mansion is divided between east and west, and that everybody must follow the rules where they will face terrible consequences, because this is where the Phantom of the Cursed Mass resides. You know, if I was holding a charity event, I probably wouldn't do it in the Cursed Mansion, just personally. You'd think? <laughs> also, the setup for the mansion, can we just talk about that for a moment? Because, you know, great for the plot device, like the purposes of this episode. Not so great to live in, I don't think. Like, you have to go to the other side of the house if you want to go, like, to your bedroom. I don't know. I I, I would probably just go crazy living in a place like that. Well, I mean, when you're that rich, you have multiple bedrooms, Colleen. Oh, that's right. I wouldn't know, because I'm not rich like you, Tyler. Oh, yeah. Very rich. Multiple bedrooms. So they (laughs) enter the house to find several framed masks. It said that Sue... Loves to collect masks, and we see masks are everywhere throughout the house. And they're told to wait in the mask room, which, you'll never believe it, has a bunch of masks in it. Uh, It's also where the east and the west sides of the house connect. And Kenan finds a remote next to one of the cases that holds the mask. And that opens up the curtains to reveal a ton of white masks. Sue then enters the room and says that they are Showbell's mass, and she's joined by her ghostwriter, Naba Kazuya. So, what do you think about the introduction to all these characters, Ryan? Uh, well, I think uh, the tarot card lady is phony. Uh, definitely don't understand how she got a job. Uh... I mean, everyone just showed up. Uh, they all just were perfectly fine with twins speaking in unison. That that would have been another example of me going home. <laughs> um, like, I saw the shiny. Like, <laughs> we all know twins speaking in unison is not a good thing. Uh, I'm surprised Conan didn't get punched right there for touching anything. Kogoro always seems to take a chance to abuse Conan when he touches stuff. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't get punched in this uh, one-hour special, which is quite defying the odds. Well, I guess unlike uh, the people that own these masks, Conan just got lucky. Yeah, so it turns out that Showbell was a Spanish artist. Said that right before he died, he made 200 masks that are cursed. She says that Showbell was a miserable artist that was consumed by his great talent. He lost his family, his position, and money. He then made these masks as if he was possessed, and he killed himself after 200 were completed. You know, many people have said that I'm a miserable artist that has been consumed by my great talent. And that's when I decided to do a thousand plus Conan podcast episodes. So stay tuned, because you'll get to see what I do after I finish all these. 
I think you're the only one who's called yourself that, though. Like you're like many people, but you know it's just no. You. Colleen, am I not miserable? Come on. He did just buy. I think you're Detective very Conan jolly. Figurines. I did. I bought more. I I got a bunch. <laughs> I have two shirtless Shuichi Akai uh, figures now that I because you need that in your life. Well, yeah, because he's wearing different beach wear in each one. One he has an overcoat on, showing, and you still see his abs. Thank God. And the other one, completely shirtless. <laughs> it wouldn't be worth no it without coat. that. Yeah, so that's very good. Us? Does he have his beanie on in both of them? He does not. He's wearing a hat in one of them, though. Yeah, he has his glasses in his hands, though, because you always got to have glasses when you're a cool guy. <laughs> but he looks very cool and ready for the beach. I just noticed they both say case closed on it, which is uh, interesting for Japanese merchandise. I wonder if that's like a catchphrase, <laughs> I guess, in the show. Um, yeah, so this dude killed himself after 200 were complete and the mass around his body collected the blood that came out as if they had sucked the blood out of him. The mass were all spread around after he died, but many who had them died tragically. An English baker, uh, an English banker was thrown from his horse. A French jeweler was attacked by robbers, etc. So everybody wanted to get rid of him and Sue was like, I'll take all 200. I gotta have these awesome masks. They're not even <laughs> nice masks. They're like the most plain looking blank white mask. Like for this to be the prized item of your possession. Uh, it just seems like you could do better, Sue. Are these not the type of masks that, oh, and the character's name escapes me now, the Night Baron wears? They are kind of similar. But, the, I mean, they're all, they seem rooted in, like, the theatrical like uh type mass you know like the happy right, right. theater mass yeah, so they're kind of generic but comedy or whatever yeah yeah and sue says that she's asked the priest to seal the curse already kagura then brings up the note that he found and katagari says he received a similar one three days ago the rest also received them and that's when a rock star named tuya akawa arrives and he says he received the same letter what do you think about Let's get our Colleen fashion moment of the week. What do you think of uh, <laughs> Tuya's uh, attire here? His getup here? Yeah, very rock star. Um, he reminded me of another character from, well, another show, I should say, Skip Beat. He was, like, identical because that guy's also, like, a rock star, blonde hair and everything. So that's all I saw when I looked at Toya. Um, he, okay. It's going to sound really judgy, and I guess I shouldn't mention it, but I will anyways. Um, he kind of looked like a douchebag, and throughout <laughs> the course of the episode, it turns out he wasn't, so, I, well, at least not in my eyes, so I was very oh. um, pleased to see that. Okay, so Colleen, I mean, not to spoil it, but Colleen's like, the murderer, not a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Your logic is interesting. <laughs> so Kogoro opens the letter, which has no sender, and it says, From this the cursed mash shall drink thy blood. Kogoro suggests that they go to the police, and Sue says these threats have been constant ever since she started her charity. 
Later that night, everyone enjoys a meal, and Sue thanks everybody for participating in the charity show. She says she began the charity 15 years ago because five years earlier, her partner caused a hit-and-run accident. Ron asks what happened to her partner, and Aikawa says she committed suicide, and that her partner was actually his mother. So this is like the one tragedy that everybody, almost everybody there, is like involved with. Because what is a Conan episode without that? And it turns out that Sue gave Aikawa help at a time in need, so he's thankful to her. She's hired many people that have lost their parents in car accidents, and the baseball player is quite touched by the story. Katagari then brings up that he lost his wife 20 years ago to a car accident, and that he feels he can better connect with her in heaven thanks to this charity. This is a Colleen where you're like, bullshit detectors going off here when you when you start hearing about the <laughs> tragic death and oh, and the, the guy's like well you know my wife died that many years ago too how crazy <laughs> what a coincidence um yeah definitely sensing some sort of connection here uh and i was sort of hoping that all of the characters would have one like in those like mystery kind of whodunits everybody's somehow involved but like the tarot card reader and the baseball player i don't think they were connected at all in the end so that was a little too bad but uh the rest of it was pretty good it was you know gearing up to be a pretty good backstory later in private sue asked kogro to investigate not on the threats but on category's wife's car accident she offers two million yen in payment so Kogoro is like, yes, please, of course I'll do that. If Kogoro just had half a brain, that would have been the two, easiest two million yen of his life. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, and yeah. we don't even like see him investigate any. Like he, he accepts this offer, and then he talks to nobody about the car accident, and he like makes no calls. Like. He's so terrible well, yeah, at his job sometimes. It's such a surprise to Conan that when he finds out, he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> this was happening? A bit later, everyone else is playing pool and relaxing, and a drunken Naba asks Kogoro to be a singer in their company. She's like, you'll have a great hit single. Everybody wants to hear Kogoro sing. Ryan, do you want to hear Kogoro sing? Oh, absolutely. That that would be on every playlist. I'd be blasting in the car everywhere <laughs> I went. The one-hit wonder, the sleeping Kurgoro, absolutely. You know, you, that deep voice, he'd make a great baritone. I feel like, yeah, I can see it now. I can definitely see it. And uh, Kurgoro is about to belt out his song when the maids interrupt. They say that once it hits midnight, they have to lock the mask room. So everybody must return to their rooms before then. Conan asks why, and they say that the masks like to pull pranks and start to walk around after midnight. In fact, they found the masks all over the place in the morning. So, ooh, quite spooky, Colleen. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm kind of like, my my reactions were sort of in tune with Conan's. Like, he would give that sidelong glance and just, like, interior monologue. Like, oh, how, how long are they going to keep this up for? So, yeah, that's where my brain was at. Everybody returns to their room, and the mass room gets locked. Later that night, Kogoro snoring wakes up Conan. They receive a phone call. Conan answers the phone, and this high-pitched voice laughs, and he says, I'm the Phantom of the Cursed Mass! <laughs> <laughs> 
Kagura then takes the fan from Kevin, and he's told that the masks are high for blood. They tell him to hurry, or he won't be able to save the sacrifice. The door to the mask room is locked, so Kagura has Ron fetch the maid. Conan then grabs the chair, and he confirms that the front door is locked, and that it was an inside call from the mansion. So the call's coming from inside, Ryan. Was there anybody that you uh, suspected would be up to no good immediately? Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I thought the baseball player, uh, he was just a little too innocent. Uh, everyone else just seemed normal, and he was crying over this sad story. And if I've learned anything from Detective Conan, the people that show emotions usually are a killer. Oh, okay, so being in touch with your feelings, the easiest way to become a killer. I can see it. I can see it. So the mass room is unlocked, and inside, all the masks are missing. They then hear a, a large thud upstairs in Sue's room. Kirkgar starts to go upstairs, but the maid says they have to go to the west side to enter the master's bedroom. They call the other maid to wake her up, and she unlocks the other side. Kegura then rushes upstairs, but it's locked. Kegura then breaks the glass above the door, and he looks through it to find masks scattered around Sue's bloody body. Kegura spots another door, but Aikawa says it was sealed off long ago. They put Conan through the window, and that's when he unlocks the door's two locks after confirming that Sue is dead. Kegura tells nobody to enter the crime scene, and he says that she was stabbed in the throat with a knife. And Conan finds a note that says, My curse succeeds here. So, like, the curse aspect's really interesting. Ryan, what what do you think about the curse? And, uh, you know, it's always used for a murder, but I'd love it one time if the curse was actually real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm with Conan and Colleen. I just find it just a bunch of hoo-ha and just don't care for the whole thing. I, I wouldn't believe it for a second, and... Oh. oh, you don't believe it, but you would immediately leave the situation once somebody starts bringing up a curse. You're like, oh, absolutely. No that, that's someone with the intent to murder. Like, absolutely. I'm leaving. What's what's the best way not to die? Take yourself out of the situation. <laughs> You're already out the money so. because the, the old lady's dead, so she ain't paying you. No need to stay there. I'm so glad we watched Detective Conan and not Detective Ryan because like I would just... still watch Detective Ryan. <laughs> I want to see what Ryan's doing, you know, when he leaves the crime scene to go back slice of life type of stuff. It'd be like a 5-minute comedy anime where like the this big setup happens, somebody dies and then he just I'm out. <laughs> Peace. Nothing Honestly, ever gets solved. I think more people would live if Kogoro would just leave. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably right. So, the maids are certain that the curse of the mask killed their master, but Conan says this is a locked room murder that they have to solve. And we mentioned this before, but whenever you have a locked room murder, you just know you're in for a good episode. Except for that one. There was one anime original that was just an awful (laughs) locked room murder to the point where it wasn't even a locked room murder. But other than that, they've all been bangers, so... High high expectations when you see a locked room murder. Inspector Megary arrives and Kogoro testifies of hearing a loud thud, which was likely the killer dumping the masks inside. 
There were two locks on the door, including a metallic lock that uses a key. So, like, if it was just the, like, the door turning lock, like, you can fudge that with, like, some string and stuff like that. But how the hell are you going to get a, you know, the lock back on and then a key thrown? And the, the key was, like, by her you know, nightstand, like, there was almost no way with the key there, so, uh, quite the locked room here. Yeah, this is like a gold standard, turns, like you said earlier. Turns out that the priest told her to follow some rules, one of which was to put two locks on the door to her room. What is with this priest, Colleen? Why is he, why is this the thing? He's like, you know, to make sure these, uh, these evil masks don't get you, you should, uh, Put two locks on your door, yeah. Right, whatever he did to seal away that curse, obviously he wasn't too confident in it. Oh, like, just in case, lock your door with two locks at night. Yeah, and he's like, oh, these uh, these masks might still just move around at night. Yeah, I mean, nothing I can do about that. And they even lock the mask room, too. I don't know, I don't know if that's with two locks or not, but, you know. Yeah, so... Kegger says that she took sleeping pills because she suffered from insomnia. In the room, there's a frame above the sealed door, but it wasn't tampered with. The other window in the room is airtight, so it's unknown how the killer was able to enter. Kegger then suggests that the culprit met with Sue, gave her a drug drink, and put her to sleep, and then murdered her. Megary then asks how the culprit locked the room, and Kegger is like, I don't know yet. <laughs> Stop asking questions, this was, Megary. This was a classic Kegra moment of, you know, he, he's on the right path, but he just has no clue how to actually, like, get things solved. So that's a miss for Kegra. At this point, he can leave. Kind of wonders why the culprit didn't make it look like a suicide. The phone call made it as if uh, the culprit was showing off his crime as well. Police find the murder weapon, which is a knife that was normally stored in the mass room. And what's strange about it is that the blood covers every part of it, even the handle that the culprit should have been holding. One mass is particularly covered in blood, and Kegra believes the culprit wore it while committing the crime. However, the rest of the mass only have a small bit of blood around the mouth area. That's a very creepy visual, you know, seeing the one mass, all the, all the blood all over it. To the point where it's almost a red mask, and then the rest of the mask, they just have this little little dribble of blood around the mouth. And it's like, wow, this is creepy. And, you know, the legend was that they sucked the blood out of the person. So it certainly contributes to that. Ryan, were you? Oh, it's, you starting at the, it's my favorite think part. About it's my favorite part of the whole episode. It, it has, it's just the most beautiful moment where you see just how, like, deep she got stabbed in the neck like i, I don't know it's it, it, it's creepy it's amazing it's my favorite moment of the whole thing i thought you were gonna be like oh how well thought out this murder was and how like was playing with the theme but <laughs> obviously not thought out well enough he got caught that's true that's true Conan wonders why the culprit scattered the mass, and that's when Kobayashi, our favorite detective, arrives. I'm glad he got some lines going, because he says... (laughs) Looks so tired. This man looks like he is going through it all. Stubble, just 
he, his life outside of this job is must be just terrible. What do we think his backstory is? Does he have like a wife and a, a like a newborn baby keeping him up constantly? Is he like does he have a gambling problem? Does he have a drug addiction? What why does he look that way, Ryan? Oh, I just think it's a wife thing. I, I think the wife just doesn't like him working long nights. Uh He's obviously not the greatest detective. We only see him like four times in the entire series. But speaking of only seeing him four times in the entire series, I'm mad he gets a name and that CSI guy, Officer Toma, doesn't even get a name, doesn't, doesn't get any recognition, even though he's been in 59 episodes. And his daughter was in this episode. Oh, yeah, he has a daughter, too. They keep it in the family, you know. Yeah, the crime photographer. I was glad to see Kobayashi here. He says that they searched the rest of the grounds, but there's no trace in the snow that a culprit entered or left, so it's likely an inside job. And Kobayashi then fucks off for the entire episode as we never <laughs> see him again. Goes back to the hole that he <laughs> crawled out from. It's just so funny that they couldn't just use Takagi for this scene, like, to deliver these two lines of dialogue, because Takagi has done nothing up to this point. Oh, no. (laughs) Takagi was pretty useful this time. Later on. Yeah, yeah, later on. But I'm just saying, (laughs) up until this point, zero thing. He could have been even more useful by doing this, you know? Yeah. I mean, but we've talked about this before, Tyler. Like, why bother with all the extras? Um, but yeah, Takagi, uh, at least he, you know, had a line or two before Kobayashi, unlike the last time, <laughs> like, zero. He said nothing the entire episode. Kekker says that they can limit the suspects, as there's no way from the east side to enter the room, and that those on the west side were Naba, the one made Manaho, Amatsudaira, Katagiri, and Haruka. So it's the tarot reader... Uh, the guy whose wife died, the baseball player, the maid, and then uh, her employee. So, quite suspicious, Colleen. Did you were you suspecting any of the, out of that bunch? Um, yeah, one of them. So I had a vague um recollection of the backstory. So from the get go, I was thinking it was one of two people, and one of them is in this bunch. And they were. Oh, it was, you know, I'm just trying to keep the mystery alive here. Um, The photographer whose wife died 20 years ago. Okay, so you thought he was trying to get revenge or something. Exactly. And then the other one is the actual culprit. So, yeah, it was a 50-50 shot. Conan agrees that there's five people's other suspect. So Conan's on the wrong track to here, Ryan. So that's another interesting part of that episode that Conan's kind of been tricked by the murderer for a long time. And he spends a lot of this episode like barking down the wrong tree. So what do you do you like that dynamic in the episode, Ryan? Uh, absolutely. It just means Conan's using the logic that he's given and he's just trying to figure out who it is. I mean. Unlike us, who get to watch the inside out, uh, or outside in, yeah. Uh, we we know that Detective Conan likes to give red herrings, so eliminating someone just because they're not in the same wing of the house 
is just a big mistake. So Kogro is still on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Megaru begins questioning everybody and confirms the incident took place at 2.30 in the morning. The maid Hanami says that she was sleeping and that she keeps her keys in the dining room wall and that there's no spares. When they opened the door to the mass room, the loud thud was heard. Aikawa says he was woken up by the commotion, so he went to check. Manaho then said that she was woken up by Hanami's phone call. Meanwhile, Katagiri was woken up by the commotion, which is the same for the others except Inaba, who drank too much wine and was still sleeping. Colleen, is that a relatable character to you? Absolutely not. What? <laughs> I don't know. Out of all of them, she was probably the most unlikable. If you can even rank, you know, th- these characters on a scale of likability, uh, yeah, I, I, I was like, yeah, not too relatable. And um, quite frankly, if she ended up being the culprit, I would be okay with that too. Category says that yesterday was the first time that he met Sue. And Kegaro brings up that she wanted his wife's accident investigated. Kenron wonders what she wanted to know about a 20-year-old accident. And so he brings up Aikawa's mother's hit and run, which was also that many years ago. What a coincidence. Who would have thought? They're obviously not connected at all. Katagiri then admits it, and he says Aikawa's mother committed the hit and run that his wife died due to... And Aikawa says he was only six at the time, and Katagiri wonders what this has to do with the case. So, they find a connection, but uh, it doesn't seem to be the murder culprit. For some reason, I just believed in Katagiri. I was like, this guy's too clueless. He wouldn't kill. <laughs> Haruka's decides this is the perfect time for some tarot card reading. <laughs> so she starts looking at her cards, and she says the police suspects one of them. She says the snow stopped at midnight, and there must be no trace of an exit on the fresh slow, a fresh snow. Megary admits that nobody exited or arrived. Kegara then names the five culprits, and Ken says somebody said something weird. Haruka then reads another card and says that there's a way to find the culprit by finding the culprit's blood on their hair and body. So, even though Ken says somebody said something weird... It was not important for enough for me to put it in the notes, so I apologize for that. Because I didn't, I didn't realize who said what, and I didn't know the, the killer when, uh, when I was taking the notes. But we'll find out what they said here in a little bit. In your defense, Tyler, uh, Conan makes it seem like th- this character said it like almost like at that moment. But there was at least like five or six other lines in between, so... When Conan finally did realize whatever that character said, I was like, you know, they took a really long break, so it was very hard to deduce what he was talking about. So, just in your defense, don't worry about it. Yeah, I had no clue, because I, I like went back and I, I read the lines, and I was like, I see nothing strange here. So, <laughs> yeah, that, so it went totally over my head. I was like, oh, that that wasn't on purpose? Okay, got it. So they look at Anaba, who was the only person who had such time to clean blood off them since she wasn't there when uh, the body was discovered. She says that she would never kill her sensei and tries to attack Haruka for being a phony prophet. So Ryan was cheering this on. <laughs> he said she was a phony earlier on. He was like, get her! Oh, absolutely. Her and her little Uno cards can just go ahead and leave. <laughs> They're not Detective Conan Uno cards, though. 
Man, that would be really cool to do tarot readings, but with Uno cards, huh? <laughs> so the, here's the swap card. <laughs> I feel like something's really going to change and your life's going to go in a 180 from your current direction. Hey, that's basically what I got. Oh, the skip card. Don't be surprised if an opportunity skips over you, <laughs> but don't worry. It'll come back around next time. Draw two. You're going to have to make a choice. It might seem that you have too many problems right now, but these problems only give you more future opportunity. I think I think I can do this. I like how I'm going. I think you have a All future right. career in this. Yeah, I can be a phony prophet. So while they're, they're kind of doing this cat fight here, Harka's bead necklace breaks, and the beads bounce on the floor, which remind Conan of something. Because that was the Conan's hint calling <laughs> necklace. Which, yep. I don't even know why it was the Conan's hint. It wasn't much of a hint. <laughs> like, Oh, I thought it was... Well, it made Conan, like, zap. <laughs> it's like, Conan, Zaps. the moment he realized... I know, it was like the most overdramatic, like, aha moment I've ever seen from Conan. Like, he was electrocuted, practically. <laughs> it was the, the biggest overreaction here to figuring it out. And Conan says, I was caught in the trap that the culprit set. But not anymore. And he vows to solve this curse. And so Takagi, who has gathered all the mass, all 200 of them, up in a <laughs> box. And Conan tells Takagi that Koguro has a task for him. Conan then brings Koguro into the room, which has the same layout as the murder scene. And that's when he knocks him out with the wrist gun. And he says, it's up to you, uncle. Is it? You're just going to talk while he sleeps. Is it up to him at all? No. Come on, Ken. <laughs> Everybody's then gathered into the room, and there's a, a fake body on the bed. And I like how you put one of the masks there to simulate a face. It's very <laughs> unnecessary. They like, never do that. They're happy with just, like, the fake, whatever, rolled-up mattress or whatever they have. Yeah, but Conan's like, we have so many masks, I gotta use one. Come on. <laughs> Kegura says that they'll reenact the locked room's trick and reveal the culprit. And uh, they, they waste no time here. Usually, like, they explain a good bit of the thing and then they say who did it. But they kind of, like, get rid of that drama here early. And he's like, who did it? You, Haikala. So it's the rock star, Ryan. Were you surprised that the rock star would murder somebody? No, uh, like I said, Detective Conan likes to give us red herrings, and the fact that he was the only one on the other side of the house, other than Kogoro and his family, it just seemed pretty obvious at that point. Rockstar's like, hey man, I was on the east side. Couldn't be me, bro. Kogoro says, it's true, you couldn't get it to the west side, and that you made the phone call in order to prove that. Kegger says he f knew something was off when the culprit went to the trouble of making a locked room, yet they didn't make it look like a suicide. However, it wasn't that he didn't, it's that he couldn't. See, Aikawa actually killed Sue without stepping into the room, and this was all made possible with the power of the cursed mass. And everybody's like, oh, it's the curse, but he's like, no, 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 not like that. It turns out that Shub... That Shobel's masks are the key to opening the locked room. Takagi then stands outside, and he just drops a <laughs> knife through the frame above the sealed door. And it turns out that there's a rubber string attached to the end of it. The masks are then, uh, 
The masks are then lowered in by pulling the rubber string through the two eyes, and then they're attached with a cross tie. The end of the rubber string is then tied to the knife through the mask's mouth, and it turns out that everybody, after everybody fell asleep, Aikawa entered the mask room, and he used the key that he took from the dining room to steal the mask and the knife. He then relocked the door and returned the key to the dining room. He brought the mask and knife to the room and set up the rubber string trick. After putting in the 200 masks, he then pulled on the rubber string, which makes all of them, all the masks form this long line. It's about three meters tall. And it's quite the visual, especially when he starts pulling it together, because we see the masks like swinging wildly. Like, it's almost surprising that they didn't like, uh, break something inside the room because they're just going all over. like also like Coda didn't tell anybody where to stand so it's entirely possible that this knife could have just been swinging around and, like killed somebody else while doing this reenactment i mean it's swinging pretty wildly here ryan they would have just blamed the curse oh who's the curse who would have thought who's the curse magic uh, each mass is 15 centimeters, which makes the 200 mass about 3 meters long, with the victim's neck positioned 3.5 meters away from the frame. The mass then come together and point directly at the neck. From the front of the knife to the victim's neck is roughly 10 centimeters, so if somebody uses a ruler to push the mass forward, it will stab the victim and murder them. The mouth holes also explain why each of the mass had small amounts of blood, but only in that one situation while the, you know, the first one had all the blood all over it. Finally, the killer cuts the strings and the masks scatter all over the room. So it's uh, quite the trick. This is one of the most inventive murder tricks in the series. I, I love this trick and I love like how he, it's not about locking the doors. It's about finding this very, very unique way to murder somebody without entering the room. Which is what I think makes it such a memorable trick. What really makes it stand out for you, Ryan? Just how gory it is. I mean, that that had to be a painful death. Just one knife stab to the throat. That's just awful. It wouldn't be great, Colleen. <laughs> have you have you ever been uh, stabbed in the throat? Uh. We like to talk about some relatable moments. Oh yes, super relatable. My. The first few times I was stabbed, it hurt a little bit, but it got I got used to it after a while. <laughs> Aikawa then asks for proof of his crime. Kagura says, you already admitted to the crime. And it turns out that during his alibi check, Aikawa said, I knew those two were waking up Hanami, which was referring to Ron and Conan. However, Conan never said a word during that time, so he shouldn't have heard them. And Aikawa's like, well, I, I opened the door and I peeped a little and I saw them together. That's how I knew. And Conan's like, wow, mister, that's strange because I didn't go with Ron. I checked to see if the door was locked. <laughs> and <laughs> I love Conan's like innocence while he's like convicting a man of murder. He always like says it in the most like he doesn't know what he's doing when he knows exactly what he's doing. Such a great moment. Really, uh, you know, he it lets him use that child physique of his to like the like best opportunity he has. Because if it was Shinichi doing that, like he couldn't pull it off. I mean, he he wouldn't need sleeping Kogoro then, but 
yeah little conan's innocent face uh just makes it all the more like you know it sticks it to the person like haha golly mister i don't know how you saw that i wasn't even there (laughs) ron confirms that and koko says he told both of them to go to the room while akawa was on the third floor and akawa breaks down he can't believe that something so small has caught him and then Inaba's like, how could you do this? And he says, shut up. And he says, Sue, uh, Sue blamed her own hit and run on his mother and then killed her by making it look like a suicide. Turns out that Aikala only found that out two months ago while cleaning out her stuff. Uh, I like how long it took for him to clean out his mother's stuff. Yeah, yeah, 20 years. That's a while. He's like, oh, I guess I should finally get around to this. I mean, I get he was six when it happened. So it wasn't really his, like, responsibility and such, and not really something a six-year-old's gonna do, but you think it happened before you're, like, you know, 26. But it took a while. He was on world tour. I was on world tour to be here. Sorry for being a couple minutes late. <laughs> yeah, I had him bring up that. When he, when he first arrives, the uh, the owner's like, you're, you're late. And he's like, I was on a world tour, you know. <laughs> And Colleen's like, he's not a douchebag. He was on a world tour. He was busy, guys. He was busy. <laughs> Turns out that Aikawa found a letter in her journal that had the truth behind the accident written down. And Naba says it's a lie. And Aikawa says his mother had an alibi. Turns out that the day that it happened was on October 31st, which was Aikawa's birthday. And she was with him the entire time. Kegger says Sue didn't suspect that Katagiri's wife was the victim until he talked during dinner. Nava says Sue was a wonderful person, and Aikawa says she only cared about the popularity she gained from the charity, and that she was actually profiting from it. He says that Anaba did as well, as she was taking a cut, and she immediately shuts up. <laughs> Once <laughs> All her defense like just stops after he's like, and you were making money off this too, and she's like, well, yeah, but... Okay, this this was a really funny part where just the sudden shift in her defensiveness to being like, well, yeah, okay. Guilt will do that. Just called him out for embezzling in front of police. Not much to say. Yeah, that's probably not the greatest. That's probably the one thing you should have denied. (laughs) Uh, Not murder, just embezzling from a charity. What an awful human. Aikawa then says, I wanted to prevent Katagiri from joining that corrupt charity no matter what. That woman, Sue Benico, is a devil wearing a made-up mask to think she was my savior for so long. So he feels especially betrayed because she did help him out after she killed his mother. And they clearly had a bond for so many years. And he feels betrayed here. It's a quite the somber moment, Colleen. What do you think about this case here? And uh, specifically that relationship and that murder. Yeah, I thought it was kind of devastating, actually. Like, I I don't even know how Aikawa must have felt when he found out that the woman who practically raised him after his mother's death did that. Um, Like, I I, I kind of understand, and that's why the douchebaggery for me never came out in him. Like, I kind of understood why he was doing it, and... Like, he even had, like, this secondary um, reasoning that the charity was corrupt, too, and he wanted to save 
Katagiri from being involved in it. So, like, I feel like his motive is very, like, layered and in-depth and some of the other motives we've seen before. So, um, not saying, you know, it's good to murder. It's just, you know, his backstory happens to be quite, um, quite sad and, like almost like I guess reasonable like he's kind of trying to be like this anti-hero get rid of the bad guys in his life type of thing and avenge his mother so yeah there's a lot going on with Aikawa yeah this is really the motives kind of the like caps off a really strong episode it's a good it's a good reason for killing it's not the computer was my (laughs) friend you know it's nothing like that so like it, it really like brings the episode together and you know really speaks to how strong this anime original is ryan what what do you think about his motive i don't know i honestly i'm the opposite do you risk being a world famous rock star for something that happened what 15 years ago like it may sound harmless, but i don't know i i think i would just let it be. Keep on partying. Yeah, right. <laughs> keep keep partying. Keep keep going and doing my concerts, making more money. You know why? Why worry about murdering and sitting in a jail for the rest of my life? And honestly, I think he just messed up with his phone call. If he had just not done that phone call, I think he could have gotten away with it. Also, like uh, he kind of messed up by like. When he found that letter, that's pretty clear evidence of, like, to reopen that case. You know what I mean? Like, he could have just called the police. That's what I'm saying. And if he was, like, shady stuff with the charity, you don't have to kill him. You can get the embezzling looked into, like, uh, yeah, this is... Well, yeah, there were other ways. Probably better ways. He could have just kept making money, kept making music, keep partying, doing all the drugs and alcohol like a cool guy. Like a cool guy. Cigarettes. Only cigarettes. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay, but like for the sake of uh, the conversation, what about maybe he felt like he didn't want, like none of that mattered to him anymore because his career was directly linked to Suo because this is her like company or whatever. She was a singer or whatnot. So like I feel like his career, like she was the one who catapulted him into that field so maybe he's just like i don't want any part of this like obviously the episode didn't go this in depth (laughs) into his backstory but i don't know maybe he felt like a little you know dirty or icky about how he got to where he was because of sort of the the nasty dealings like behind the scenes of this woman and her killing his mom so i don't know like to your point there are so many other ways that he can go about it like lawfully but you know he went the revenge route and to do it himself well and also when have rock stars cared about the law brother <laughs> exactly I mean, is that is, is it nothing more metal than the exact revenge on your terms so <laughs> rock on the aikawa so after the ending song Ron says that maybe aikawa was possessed by the curse of the mass as well and Kegger says, curses are all made up. And that's when he slips down the stairs, his butt bouncing off each step. After he falls, the rumble causes a suit of armor holding an axe to fall, which almost hits Kegger's head. Kegger head. then runs off yelling, it's the curse. This was done by the curse. 
And Conan has his last one-liner, and he says, That's not the curse, it's because you're slow-witted. <laughs> got him, Conan. Got him. I feel like there must have been a pun in there somewhere, but it got lost in translation. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, the next Conan tent is Mountain Rain. And Conan says, Next week is the opening of our April. And then somebody else says, Movie, The Last Wizard of the Century. Conan says, please watch. So actually, it's not next week, because uh, I looked at the dates, and <laughs> there's a little break between episodes here, because uh, this was aired March 13th, so next week is not April, um, and there's also an episode, uh, the movie released April 17th, and there is an episode April 10th, and then another episode April 17th. So it's not exactly next, and we're not doing the movie next. We're doing a two-part We've already been there, done next, that. Which is the murdered famous detective, and then we'll get to the movie. So the movie's coming up, but it's not actually next. Don't don't be fooled by this lying ending here. It's not even this movie. Is it not? I think we covered this one already, The Last Wizard of the Century. I, don't, I think we got that wrong, Colleen. Why would they say it, then? Maybe we did too did early. We cover it? No. Which one's this? Last wizard. Wait. Oh wait, that came out in April 17, 1990. Why did they Okay, why did they reference this movie then? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs> that is not Yeah, that you're correct. The next movie is captured in her eyes. Okay. This came out April 22nd. Okay, so our, my my listing makes even more sense now. Okay, I do not understand. Okay, so <laughs> this got me off on the whole wrong tangent. Because I remember last week somehow The Last Wizard of the Century came up. I think it was because we were talking about um, uh, the his skateboard and how it had the, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the extra thing installed. And we were like, oh, that movie did it. Yeah, so I don't... I don't understand. Maybe, uh, yeah, I, I do. I do not get this ending here at all. I was thinking maybe it came to DVD or something, but I don't think that was it either. So, yeah, Conan makes no fucking sense here. <laughs> but anyhow, stupid ending aside, let's not tamper this episode. This was a pretty great episode, Ryan. What do you think overall of episode one eighty four? A cursed mass coldly laughs. Like I said, I, I just think it's one of the best two-parters, one of the best anime originals, one of the best lock room murder cases. It has so many creepy factors to it, even though I don't believe in curses or tarot card reading or any of that junk. Uh, I think Kogoro was actually funny for once uh i actually don't find him that funny uh yeah kegger doesn't have many moments in this episode uh but overall because he wasn't horny enough that's why. <laughs> i mean how can you be horny when there's a curse around that's true maybe that was the impact of the curse maybe the curse is real <laughs> <laughs> it just impacted gave him Kegger erectile dysfunction yeah yeah I can see it. Uh, I think the the murder was just really gory. Uh, probably one of my favorite murders of the entire series. 
yeah, it's it's a very memorable case. It's a great anime original. I echo those points completely. I think the story with Akawa is a very interesting backstory that ties it all together. So yeah, this is a great one hour special. Like you can't you can't watch this and walk away like feeling disappointed. I feel like it it's a home run from start to finish. Interesting case. The twins are creepy. Uh yeah, there's a lot of really solid stuff. It's a good mystery that hooks you early on with the you know, the tree um on the ground. So yeah, really good episode. Colleen, what's your final thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree with the both of you. This trick was insane. Uh, the mechanics of it was just like, I really hope that they tried this out in real life and they can actually prove that this works. Um, the fact that it's a locker room murder case that didn't involve the victim looking like they committed suicide and that the culprit never actually entered the room. It just adds to that wow factor. So that was really well done. Um, I loved when Kogro lifted Conan through the window and said, you know, I leave this to you or whatever. Because like normally we see Kogro, you know, hitting Conan and saying, hey, you're in the way, go away. But here it was like Kogro was entrusting Conan with uh, making sure that, you know, this part of the investigation got... uh, done so i thought it was a really sweet moment at least um the only thing that maybe i didn't like about the episode and there was you know very little to not like about it but um ryan you mentioned it before they did that annoying thing where they take like the twin characters and have them talk in unison yeah i could have done without that (laughs) but uh, otherwise it was like an awesome awesome and anime original i do want to ask you guys because it's something that maybe was it's not that important to the case but i feel like it might be a loose end that they should have tied and maybe maybe it's they did and i just didn't realize it but the letters um so they explained it like once or twice that oh these like no these letters are no big deal like we've been getting them regularly don't worry about it type of thing i thought that like the conclusion was going to be that Toya or Aikawa was the one sending these letters to this particular group to try and like set it up that it's the curse and whatnot but they never really addressed that um did you guys catch what was going on with the letters or is it huh yeah that that is strange because Aikawa says he just recently found it out and they acted like they had been getting letters for a long time so it wouldn't have been him yeah maybe it is just something where they made it up and then uh yeah that is weird it's never really addressed that's a good point yeah so i mean that's just like a tiny little detail but you know super strong case super memorable um yeah this is like one of the best locked room murder cases and uh if you like the twins uh they do return (laughs) yeah they They do return in another episode which uh they just shocking that you hire these creepy ass twins and then murders keep happening around don't them. quote me but i feel like when they show up again they're just like we got a new job at this new place together <laughs> it's just like okay great yeah who would hire both of them especially when they speak together you're like uh, <laughs> no you're, you're not a good fit we chose to go with somebody else can we just take one somebody of you that doesn't speak yeah <laughs> They're like a package deal. Yeah, quite, quite creepy. Also, uh, so uh, I did want to bring this up since we had a very strange name for the uh, 
the Spanish guy here, uh, Showbell. Uh, the Conan wiki has him as Julio Gonzalez, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> which seems to be probably more accurate. But uh, hey, you never know what the subs are going to say, and we go off the subs. So uh, Julio probably makes more sense. Oh, you know what? That's an actual real sculptor, too. Let me see if he actually died this way. 200. Let me see. How do you die, Julio? I think they might have used know. the full name once, like when Suo first mentioned the artist, and it, then they yeah, went to like Showbell. It Bell. wasn't Gonzalez, <laughs> but it was something similar. So they might have. Uh, this is like a Jalal Gerard situation. It might be. You know, after Jalal, I really can't trust these, <laughs> these damn masks anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not finding any, like, suicide talk here, so maybe that wasn't how I... Wait. Nope. Yeah, so... I'm not sure, but, uh... Who knows? Who can say? But that's what they have listed under the, uh... Detective Conan wiki. For the record. Just doing my due diligence after the... Jaleel... Uh... Manifesto. <laughs> Wait, it also said. Okay, do you guys remember this? Conan displayed his prowess in chess when he played against Ron. When do they play chess during this episode? It was literally a second. Do. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Wow, Conan," and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I somehow missed that very important scene where he showed his chess prowess. It was the line felt very um repetitive because like the. The the thing that was said right before it was like, who was it? It would have, it was either Aikawa or somebody else playing with um, the baseball player. I think they were playing uh, pool, and he said like the exact same thing. He's like, "You're so good at this." <laughs> so like then they pan over to where Ron and Conan are at, and they say the exact same thing except chess. So yeah, lots of fun happening in the games room. So this is also interesting. Uh, the episode was reran in September twentieth, two thousand four. It was unex- it was unchanged except for the addition of a new scene at the beginning. So I don't know if we saw the the scene with the new scene or not. I wonder what the new scene would have been. Them driving. But uh, I don't know. I feel like that's too important not to have it. But who knows? Who knows? So maybe there's an even longer episode that we we just it's hard to find. I don't know. Oh, now I feel incomplete. <laughs> well, you know, we'll really feel incomplete because uh, pretty uh, it's semi soon. There is a three part episode, something to do with uh, mermaids. Let me see. <gasps> with uh, okay, Heiji? so it's yeah, yeah, and then there were no mermaids. So this is supposed to be a three parter, but all I can ever find is the like cut down two part episode. I like they they changed it into a one hour special. Oh. I can never find the individual three parts, and it kind of feels disjointed because they clearly just cut out a bunch of scenes. Oh darn! But okay. we will we will deal with that. And also, I'll just put it out here for our listeners: if you do know how to find the three parts for that, please let me know in advance. We still have quite a few. <laughs> we'll probably let us know by next year. Tackle that. Yeah, but uh, just putting that out there because I searched. Long and hard for uh, trying to find the three parts of this episode, but all I can find is that damn one-hour special version, which cuts out a whole episode, you know, so you're losing 
like 22 minutes of footage. 22 minutes of Haiji being Which... hurt. Because he gets hurt a lot yeah. in that one. So you're missing Haiji. Haiji, Haiji, Haiji stuff. So we'll find out. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. We also, I guess we should thank the other patrons. You know, in fact, I'll thank you first, Ryan, since you're actually here. Thank you, Ryan. No, no, thank you for having me. It was it was a lot and of fun. Sh- Thanks for joining us. And shout out to Jeffrey, who isn't here. Spencer Young. <laughs> not here either. Also not here. <laughs> William Lee. Not here. And Big Chief Mason. Also not here. So, let that be known. Uh, yeah, so next time we'll go over the Murdered Famous Detective Part 1 and Part 2. And then the week after that will be the movie, which is not the last Wizard of the Century like they teased here. That makes no sense. Colleen, it's it's insane. I don't know what they were doing. But when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that movie came out like a long time ago, guys. I mean, yeah, I compared to when this was airing, whatever. You know what I mean. Anyhow... That'll do it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.